and welcome to another Mark Bishop show. If you think uh, it is more than a snore, oh, that's pricked the ears up, hasn't it? <laughs> Learn the signs, my friends, symptoms and treatment options for obstructive sleep apnea, OSA, because it just may be OSA. Now, my special guest is Dr. Faria Abassi Feinberg, who is a practicing sleep medicine physician with Millennium Physician Group in Fort Myers, Florida. Welcome, doctor. Thank you so much for having me. Well, doctor, many patients, it seems, are delaying and uh, or avoiding uh, medical care due to COVID-19 concerns, uh, including delaying care for common treatable sleep disorders, such as obstructive sleep apnea. I mean, is this a concern or not? Absolutely. So sleep apnea is a really common disorder. We think over 30 million adults in the U.S. have obstructive sleep apnea, and about 23.5 million of them are undiagnosed. So there's a lot of people that we need to evaluate and get treated to help them with their health and their life. My word. Did I hear that correctly? 30 million? That is correct. And 23.5 undiagnosed. By gee, this is... This is not rare anymore, is it? I mean, it's a, it sounds like a very common and serious sleep disorder. Uh, I mean, it, it causes you to stop breathing during sleep, right? Right. So there's a difference between plain old snoring versus having sleep apnea. Um, what is supposed to happen is that when we're breathing, oxygen is going in through your nose and your mouth, and it travels down into the lungs. What causes snoring is that when we lay down, there's a relaxation of the airway, And as the airway collapses partially, when the air pushes by, it vibrates all that loose tissue that's back there. So if you get enough oxygen in and you're snoring, it may not be a major concern, but in a lot of people what happens is that your airway continues to collapse to the point that you don't get enough oxygen in, and that is considered sleep apnea. So it can be very dangerous, and it can disturb your sleep. Well, I gather you're often unaware of these episodes while you're sleeping. I guess it uh, it is important for patients to understand that a problem with snoring, you know, could be something much more serious like OSA. Um, Doc, can you share with us the five warning signs for sleep apnea for my listeners? Absolutely. So the main five warning signs to look for are snoring is number one, but number two is if your bed partner is telling you that you snort or gasp or if you ever wake yourself choking Um, and short of breath, that's something to worry about. If you are sleepy, that would be sign number three. If you doze off during a Zoom call or a Zoom meeting, or if you doze off at a traffic light, that is not normal ever. If you are overweight, that is a risk factor and a sign of sleep apnea, and having high blood pressure. So we think about 30 to 40% of adults with high blood pressure actually have sleep apnea, and they should get evaluated. So they're the big five. So, Dr. Feinberg, fortunately, many of the damaging effects of sleep apnea can be stopped. In fact, uh, even reversed through proper diagnosis and treatment at an accredited sleep center. This this is correct, right? I mean, people do have hope. Absolutely. You know, I tell folks all the time that there are different options for treatment for sleep apnea. And it depends on how severe the apnea is. It depends on other medical issues. And it also depends on patient's preference. But the most common way to treat sleep apnea is with a device that's called CPAP. It's 
continuous positive airway pressure. It's a machine that sits at your bedside and you wear a little interface, a little mask that goes either under your nose or over your nose. And this machine will gently blow some air in and it opens up your airway and it allows enough oxygen to go in. Um, and it helps you sleep better, it helps you not snore, and it decreases your risk of some of these medical issues as well. Well, I've, I've heard some, you know, feedback in reference to that. And it has been that, look, they're big and clumsy and I couldn't wear that thing to bed and this and that. Uh, are they becoming, you know, with uh, as days go by, uh, a lot more modern and smaller? They have made such improvements in CPAP machines. Um, the newest versions are, you know, very small, very quiet. Uh, they're very sleek looking, so, you know, people don't mind having them on the bedside anymore. Um, the masks have come a long way as well. So I often will take care of folks that, you know, 15 years ago tried CPAP and just could not do it. Mm-hmm. But now they look at what's available and they're like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do this. And so we reevaluate them. And sure enough, if they have it, they take to it and they do well. Um, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a process to learn how to get adjusted to it. But honestly, most people do quite, quite uh, well with the CPAP. So tell me, Doctor, what, what can patients expect when they visit a sleep centre? What goes on there? The first step is to be evaluated by a board-certified sleep physician. We usually take a very full, detailed sleep history and medical history and do an examination, and then we decide what's the best way to evaluate you. Um, there are options to do a home sleep apnea test uh, in some cases. Not everybody's a candidate for it, but in some cases it works really well. Um, or otherwise, we have you come in and spend the night, and we do an in-center in sleep study. Uh, when you come in, you know, you're hooked up to a whole bunch of wires. Uh, you're put into a nice private bedroom. It's sort of like a hotel room almost, uh, that feeling. And so people do very well with it. They spend the night. They get a test. You know, then I look at the reviews of the study um, a day or so later, and then we decide what the next steps should be for treatment after that. Hmm. Sounds... Uh... Sounds rather nice, doesn't <laughs> it? So, what what safety? Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, see, I'll be back in a day or two, honey. <laughs> what safety measures? You know, do sleep centres have in place uh, to address any concerns from patients now who uh, who may be avoiding, you know, the opportunity and the care due to COVID nineteen? The American Academy of Sleep Medicine was great about coming up with a mitigation strategy very early on in the COVID pandemic. And as we've learned more about COVID-19 over this past year, you know, we've adapted and changed um, some of the recommendations. So we follow all the CDC guidelines, you know, there's face coverings uh, by the employees and the patients. We pre-screen everybody to make sure that there's no risks there. You know, there's physical distancing. More, uh, more strenuous cleaning that goes on in between patients, of course. So I don't think that patients should worry about COVID-19 as a reason for not coming in for a sleep study at this point. Oh, fair enough then, you heard it. So let's just uh, have a look at how CPAP, C-P-A-P, how the therapy actually works. I mean, what are the benefits of using it again? So the benefits are that as the air gets pushed in with the positive pressure, it opens up your airway, it allows enough oxygen in, it gets rid of snoring, it allows you to sleep deeper and better, and it decreases your risk of medical issues that are associated with untreated sleep apnea, such as high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, depression, and dementia. 
So looking back at the five before we wind up, snoring, uh, it's one of the five warnings. Loud and frequent snoring is a common symptom of sleep apnea. But not everyone who snores has the sleep disease, right? I mean, it's a warning sign, but, uh, you know, take heed to it. Uh, Choking or gasping during sleep, that's another one, isn't it? That's a big one. Uh, What about fatigue and daytime sleepiness? Uh, usually, it, nothing to do with though with people feeling a little tired after lunch, is it? You know that proverbial two thirty, three o'clock. That's no indication, is it? Yeah, we all, we all get that little afternoon dip, and some of that is natural because of our circadian rhythm. You know, it's our little biological clock that tells us mm-hmm. to take it a little easy after we eat lunch. Uh, but what we really worry about is folks that have trouble staying um, awake and folks that have stumbled, you know, trouble with alertness. Uh, especially like if they're driving or at work or, you know, right. doing things like that. Yeah, that's dangerous. Now, when we talk about obesity, an adult with a body mass index, BMI, of 30 or higher uh, is known to be obese, and the risk of sleep apnea increases with the amount of excess body weight. So one needs to lose weight, period, for all sorts of reasons, but uh, that's an important one. High blood pressure. Between, what, 30 and 40% of adults with high blood pressure also have sleep apnea. That's interesting. And getting treatment for apnea improves. uh, It's a way of decreasing blood pressure. So, Dr. Feinberg, fortunately, many of the damaging effects of sleep apnea can be stopped and even reversed, as we've touched on it. What's your biggest advice you could give now? I tell folks that if you snore, you don't sleep well, and you don't feel refreshed, Talk to somebody about it. You know, there's help available. You can always go to sleepeducation.org to get some more information. You can find a board-certified sleep physician there as well as an accredited sleep center there. Um, But help is available, you know, and ask for it. Yeah, and the information site is www.aasm.org, correct? Yep, that's one. And then sleepeducation.org is the other the the other website that's very helpful. Fabulous. We'll put that up on the site as well. Well, Faria, thank you so much, Doctor. Dr. Faria Abassi Feinberg, a medical doctor. She's a board member of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, AASM, and is board certified in sleep medicine and neurology. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for giving us your very busy time. Thank you so much for having me. Goodbye now.